Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Still Growing in Grace. I want to begin this new series of teaching with what I believe to be the most important, or at least one of the most important foundations everybody needs to grasp if they're going to understand who they think God is. I fully believe every single person everywhere in the entire world completely lives out everything they believe about who they think God is. Some don't believe God exists, so they live like it. Then there are those who think he is a certain kind of God who just si- just sits in a rocking chair up in the sky and, you know, happily, you know, peels his peanuts and, and gives us a couple scraps here and there, you know, but not really involved in our world. Then we have others who think God's just a party God and let's go. Everybody can have fun. Let's just do this. And yet there are others who believe that God is like a judge ready to condemn us, almost like a sheriff in a sense, where the sheriff is waiting for you to step across that line and ready to pull out the gun from his holster and and create some fear into you. Well, I've grown up with so many perspectives on who I thought God was. And it wasn't until a number of years ago And again, I've been a minister now for 28 years. Only a few years ago, did an even deeper understanding of who God is become a reality to me. So in today's show, I want to talk to you about God is love. That is huge. And that is the number one thing I want every listener to get every time they tune into this show or watch the YouTube videos is to know they're deeply loved, as you heard in the beginning of the show. I want to begin today by reading from a little booklet called Grace Walk Moments by Dr. Steve McVeigh. And I want to read a a little devotional called Love's Motivation. It was such an encouragement. I thought I can't find anything better to start this show with. So here we go. Love's Motivation by Steve McVeigh. We love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. Have you ever prayed for God to help you love him more? If so, this verse is the answer to your prayer. Every good thing that comes out of your life is the result of his work in you. His response to your desire to love him more is to cause you to understand better how much he loves you. None of us can give what we don't know we have. To love others, you must know how much you are loved. As you grow in your understanding of the greatness of your father's love for you, 
that same love will begin to overflow in your life and spill out to him and to others. There is no love apart from God's love. And as his love fills your consciousness, you won't be able to contain it. The more we love, back up, back up. The way to love God more or to love others more is the same. It is to understand the depth of his love. Open your heart today and receive his love in a fresh and meaningful way. It is the one who knows he or she is deeply loved who loves the most. You can't get better good news on that. Today, let's see what love is. I believe we heard a little tiny tip from that text from John that God is love. And we love because he first loved us. I want to remind you of a couple other verses in Scripture that point to something about God that we may not have been fully aware of. I propose to you today that God is love. He is love. He doesn't just have love, but he actually is love. It's almost like a, an app on your phone or your tablet or your computer. Some people think love is an attribute of God. I believe that totally minimizes the power of who God is when we think of it as an app or an add-on. I believe God literally is love. And where would I get this from? 1 John 4, 7-8 says, For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. There it is. Blunt, clear, concise. God is love. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Huh, that is absolutely stunning. I'd like to read to you from the Passion Translation from 1 John 4, 18-19. This may surprise you, but listen carefully as you're doing whatever it is you're doing. Listen carefully. Verse 18 and 19. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God first demonstrated to us. Or as we had just read earlier in another translation, we love because God first loved us. That is unbelievably good news. I, I need to hear this more often than, than I ever thought. I hope that today, as we dig into who God is and begin with the idea that God is love, we don't have to run off on some rabbit trails as some would do immediately. And I've heard people tell me this. Yes, Mike, but God's also a God who is just. He's also a God of wrath. He's also a God of this. He's also that and that. Yeah, but, 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 but. Well, how about let's visit each text on its own. 
let's take a look at what the scriptures say of who God is. And here I've presented to you a very clear picture that God is love. I hope you'll take that to heart today. Because if we do not see him as love, we could easily be convinced that God could maybe not love us all that great. Maybe we think we have messed up so bad that we're not lovable anymore. But when we can approach and use God's definition of love and who he is, I'd rather go with that definition than our human minds uh, coming up with some ideas of who we think God is. Be prepared to unlearn on the show. Be prepared to discover a wider, a bigger perspective on who you think God may be. I am shocked at the joyous things I'm learning over the last couple of years that are expanding my mind and my heart to see and perceive who God really is. I, I love what I'm learning, and I am hoping that that will spill over in these shows that we will bring to you week after week. I want to remind you of another wonderful text that we need to be reminded of. Uh, in 1 John, um, John 4.19, sorry, 1 John 4.9-10, it says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Wow, God does love us. I always thought we had to love God and, and then maybe if we get his approval, then maybe we can get close. I grew up in a, um, a mindset, uh, whether it was taught to me, but I sure caught it. And I don't know how I came up with this, but I always felt that my behavior directly impacted how God loved me and saw me. Therefore, when I felt I was not acting in a correct way, I felt God was distant, far from me. I thought I was not lovable. I thought I had to go through hoops, say certain words or prayers to make God forgive me if I said it right. All these things were in my head as I'm trying to figure out, uh-oh, how do I get close to this God and get him to love me again? Because I felt I, when I misbehaved, he was distant. And when I was good doing whatever religious activities I thought would bring the feeling of love back into my heart, I felt when I do those things, then God is close. I was so wrong. God had never left me, ever. He is good. He pursues us. He is for us. He is not against us. This is good news today. Has this message come into your life where you thought God was far off? Have you felt maybe God doesn't quite love you? Or he's got categories of love. He's got the, those he sort of loves over here. And then the really good ones he has over there. And you've, you've arrived. Folks, the scriptures reveal to us that God loves us all. Not just some select not just those who say a prayer, not just those who, who claim they know who God is. Scripture just showed us in 1 John 4, he loved everyone. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, not just some select ones. And if you read further in John 3, 16 and 17, it says he did not come to condemn the world, but to bring hope, to bring life, to bring love. This is the God I have come to know. There's no better way to start this program than starting with God is love. I hope you'll hear that. In fact, take a look at it for just a moment. In John 15, uh, we hear and see a story of a lost and found. We see a, a story of a sheep being lost. Uh, we see a story of a coin being lost. Um, so the, these stories begin to point to a picture of who Jesus is trying to communicate his father, trying to communicate what his father is like. And he's sharing here, even the lost coin, the lo- it's, it, it still had its value, even though it was lost. Did you ever think that with the story of the lost coin, and someday we'll, we'll talk about this in detail some more, but the lost coin, it still had an owner. Just because it was lost, it doesn't mean it had no owner. Instead, it's because it had an owner and the coin got lost. That's why the woman was pursuing the coin. She was the owner, just like the lost sheep. We think, oh, he's going after the lost sheep. You know, that means they're not part of the family. Um, In order for something to be lost, it has to have an owner. And you are owned by God. You are deeply loved by him. That's why Jesus uses stories of sheep and shepherds uh, in the gospel, especially in the book of John. Um, But it also points us to another delighting story of Psalm 23. This particular psalm, I tell you, this could change your mind as you begin to see the compassion and passionate love of God. We'll read that one another day. Maybe in the second half of a program, we'll dive into what Psalm 23 can mean and how it can be an encouragement to you today and not just some traditional reading you hear at weddings or funerals or at communion. This text is a life-giving text, and it's a reminder of correcting our opinions of who we think God is. I hope you enjoyed this first half of the show. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back with a second half of Still Growing in Grace. Now, a word from our sponsors. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Would you like to hear today's program again and share it with a friend? Or would you like to see the video of today's teaching portion? You can do both when you visit stillgrowingingrace.ca. And now, back to our program. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. I hope you enjoyed the first half. The second half, we're going to continue on the topic of God is love. And I want to take a look at a profound verse that has woken me up to the fact that nothing can separate us from God's love. I want to look at Romans 8. I'm going to read to you from two translations because you got to hear this. You can't just have me tell you about it. I want you to hear the scriptures speak hope into you. 
So in the New Living Translation, listen carefully. Romans 8 verse 35 is where I'm going to begin and I'll do a little bit of jumping in there, but you'll, you'll catch what I'm trying to do. It begins like this, especially if you fear God may have turned his back on you, if you think you've done something so terrible that God can't love you, can't forgive you, this text is going to be a tremendous encouragement to you. Listen to this. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelmingly, victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then verse 38, it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Pause here and then continue. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, some of you may have heard that text before and never listened carefully to every single part of that verse. What if it's true? What if nothing, no thing can separate us? I want to read it to you from another translation now, from the Passion Translation, easily available on BibleGateway.com. But here's how it reads. And this is, this is going to be very exciting to you. If, if you can hear this. Here we go. Verse 35. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Verse 37, yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. This is good news. Now, here comes the really good part. Verse 38 and 39 from the Passion. You're going to love this. Now, I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in heavens. 
There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Did you hear that? Nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Verse 39, there is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Oh my goodness, can you hear that good news? Does that give you hope? Does that inspire you to realize maybe God actually is love? Maybe I'm the one who doesn't fully understand the love of God. Maybe I have a whole lot more to learn. Huh, I'm going to jump on to another profound verse on love. Most of you have heard this. You hear it at weddings and you hear it at sometimes funerals, but it's the love is patient, love is kind. I want you to realize that in 1 Corinthians 13, the word love here is not the same as I love my wife and I love burgers. English, the English language really messes things up. In the Greek, which is the the word, the Greek word for love in this text is the word agape. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, there are four different Greek words that are used for love. There's storge, which is a parental love. There's phileo, which is more of a friendship love. There's eros, we get the word erotic from, and we have agape. The word agape here is what's being used. And the word agape is literally others-centered, not self-seeking. It's going to make sense when we hear this definition. So when I read this 1 Corinthians 13, please remember, this is not the to-do list for couples at the wedding altar. This is God revealing who he is to us. So let's hear these words as agape, as God, as a complete pure description of who God is. 1 Corinthians 13, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would only be gaining nothing. Love, agape, is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. I love that. Irritable. Oops. And it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's pretty powerful. Now, if you've been learning and growing in your understanding of who you think God is, listen to these next verses, verse 12 uh, to 13 here. This is a a wake-up call if you didn't hear these verses before. It says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, 
we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. The things, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. Oh my goodness. I, I always wondered if I was loved, was I forgiven? I'm, I just finished reading to you a text that says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Your heavenly father's not keeping record of wrongs for you. He forgave you already, but that's for another topic. Today, we need to be reminded that God is love. And lastly, to wrap this up, I'm gonna to read to you from the Passion Translation, the same text, but love is patient. Tell me if you can hear the joy in this. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is safe, sorry, love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Have you ever felt God giving up on you? Maybe it's your imagination. Maybe you are not seeing things clearly. Maybe you see only partially through the lens of your current place in life. What about your history? How has your revelation of God come to you? Has it come through the church? Has it come through nature? Has it come through science? Has it come through the individuals that are surrounding you? Has it come through in the person of a parent, in the person of a friend, a spouse? How have you come to understand love? Today, I'd like you to think of God as his essence being love, not an attribute, not an app, not an add-on. And when we realize he is love and that he loves us, go back and read this 1 Corinthians 13 in these multiple translations. Read it slowly and hear God expressing his love to you passionately. Let him express the heartbeat that makes him jump with joy when he thinks of you. It's hard to believe that, that God, the creator of this universe, would see us that way. Well, what if you would see yourself that way, the very way God sees you? I hope you've enjoyed today's program. I hope you'll come back next week and tune in again next Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in and for watching. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.